Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him, and I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I., so yeah. we named him. No idea. Just but, a magnum. Yeah, just a magnum. Come on, Cam Ashi. We said probably 150, mid 150. Yeah. Same Doe from the morning come out with that nine pointer. Here, here steps out this 90 inch eight pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there crutting. Yeah. And then out steps like another 90 inch eight yeah. pointer. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, I'm like, deer, right there. Yeah, like And he's 30 already yards. 30 yards. Yeah. He he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been at a buck down at 140 in the afternoon, back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 245, 24 yard shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you kill that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. And we come down here to Missouri. My ass Comey one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops. Sure. Super special to me. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes, and we're talking some map scouting, a little trail cam talk, a little out-of-state talk, Um, just a lot of good whitetail knowledge for people that, a couple dudes that are well-known for getting it done, Um, Casey and Tyler from The Element. We reached out to these guys a couple years ago. We met them at ATA, and the guys just keep consistently killing out-of-state on public land. Um, and they're doing it a lot on these maps. So we really dive in deep what they're looking at, um, deciding when to make a move, talking about trail cam placement a little bit. Um, 
and a whole bunch of other stuff. Stand set up. Whole, we took dive into a whole bunch of stuff in this episode. Let's get on the people to make this possible, and we'll get into the show. Uh, homie, let's start us off. What you got over there, brother? Uh, I'll start off with Exodus, uh, Truck Hammer Tip of the Week. As you guys know, the uh, fall is coming. The temps are dropping a little bit, uh, except these last couple of days here. But uh, temps are starting to drop, so everything's um, – the sun is shifting. Leaves are falling a little bit, so your cameras are getting more exposed if you haven't moved them from the edge, which we still do have a couple on the edge. Uh, we're spreading ourselves a little thin here, so we're not getting around to all of our cameras to get them moved to their fall range yet. But I have noticed on a couple of these cameras that are still out on the edge um, with that uh, – clearing of the tree limb above it or um just the positioning of the sun moving farther south um getting a little bit more blanks a little bit more sun picks so don't forget if you got a render out there soaking that you guys can set that camera to turn off at 10 in the morning and then resume taking pictures at 4 p.m or whatever time you want to set it that's going to save your memory card. It's going to save you on batteries and save you from deleting a bunch of blanks that where the probability of a deer coming by is very low. So that's something that we got smoked on last year. I totally um, ghosted on that idea of doing that and the ability to do that with a render. But uh, that is something you can do if you haven't got a camera off the edge from the summer, um, summer hang, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is a great feature. They have kind of like a, a time where it don't take pictures or a time-lapse mode. Um, I wish some other companies would. We talked to KC a little bit about, like, just turning them off at night because sometimes <laughs> yeah. the intel is not oh, good man. to have. That was so, crazy talk. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. crazy. Uh, I'm going to hit you with Black Rifle. Uh, 20% code if you use Whitetail Legacy. Um, that's good for their coffee club and good for any order that you guys got, as long as it's not something brand new. Um, I did see that they're coming out with a uh, a um, logo club, like a shirt club, hat club, clothing club, I guess. That's what you want to say it. So I don't know if it's good for that or not. I'll have to call and ask, but that's supposed to be coming out here soon. But um, do you have last breath? Yeah, guys, uh, we just got the schedule here for the upcoming videos that we're going to be releasing. The season's still going to continue to roll out, but we're also going to be um, including the Last Breath Lives again. A lot of people liked that last year. Um, just like you guys probably like to hear Cody and I go back and forth here about what we got going on for season. Um, these are kind of like that, and they get to showcase what we're doing up to date within the last week. Um, on the Last Breath TV Live. So those are going to be coming back. And I think the first one is going to be actually Garrett's trip out west. Uh, he just came back from there. Um, he was able to tag along with his buddy Shane from uh, Sandy Hills Outfitters. And they went on a uh, billy goat hunt. So they got one down. And then Garrett ended up uh, killing a brown bear, I believe. So uh, um, pretty sick last breath and live coming at you here when he was driving that day i'm like what are you doing he's like headed west i'm like man i didn't know anything i don't know if it's like a spur of the moment trip or he was just like i'm going dude i know he put a he updated his story and it was just mountains and michelle's like where the hell's garrett at i'm like i have no idea yeah i have no idea he was just driving he's west is all i knew yeah. all right do you have uh next level yeah guys uh it's very important to still continue to keep that feed out. The deer might not be hitting it as hard, but you still need to keep it out and keep it available. Um, these bucks are really going to be starting to 
put on the fat here as food sources start coming out um, in the ag country and acorns start falling. Um, keeping that feed and supplement out is um, key through the winter that they still know that that thing is available. So um, if you need to get into that, you can do that at nextleveldeer.com. All right, that's it, right? And if uh, you guys are interested in the Badlands code, um, we do have oh. that. You can private message us, and we will we will give it to you. And um, it's a it's yeah, a pretty sweet a deal. Yeah, we had pretty quite a few people messages. That one guy's like, "Man, I just bought a whole new suit." I'm like, "Sweet, <laughs> right?" Yeah, glad we could save you some some jingle there. But all right, man, let's get into the show. All right, we got the Element Boys on tonight. We appreciate you guys coming on getting together for us we've been trying to work it out i tried to hit you last week i knew you're just got done off a successful kill so i wanted to get that hype train going from you guys but i'm glad you guys oh, it's still there it's still there, it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> right on but yeah uh we had you guys on maybe two years ago or so and uh talk some whitetail uh talk to a little podcast talk but you guys are extremely successful at picking a spot out of state and going in there and killing. So we want to pick your brain on that a little bit tonight. Um, but first, go ahead and give the listeners a brief introduction of who you are and what you do. <laughs> okay, so I'm Casey Smith, and I'm one half of the elementary, I don't know, probably 1.45268 or whatever it calls me. <laughs> uh, we got a couple other guys do stuff with us too. But anyways, um, oh, I forgot about Northeast guys. Texas. Yeah, I forgot about those guys. <laughs> uh, from Northeast Texas, we travel around the country hunting deer and elk and other stuff from time to time and uh yeah do a podcast do some youtube stuff you know i'm a a dad and a part-time youth minister here in northeast texas and do a little construction stuff on the side and uh i tell people that uh i uh you know how it takes 10 dimes to make a dollar that's kind of how i do life you know he's <laughs> grab a little bit here there and everywhere and that's how you end up uh making a living and getting to be a whitetail bum. We've been talking about whitetail bumming quite a bit mm-hmm. lately. Yeah, yeah, we have. I'm Tyler Jones, and so I'm the other part of the element, or one of the other parts. I uh, am also a dad, a husband. Oh, I'm um, a husband too, sorry. Yeah, yeah he, is, he is a husband. <laughs> uh, that's why I said also. Yeah, trying to help, trying to help Thanks, you out. Thanks, man. Uh, uh, yeah, so anyway, that's, uh, you know, probably enough about me for sure. I, oh, I, come on. I think rock star. I think yeah, KC's yeah, doing it right because he's yeah. he's the only one that said construction on the side for me and Cody. It's like construction first and then everything else. But KC's yeah. doing it right, man. <laughs> doing yeah, all yeah. the fun stuff first. Priorities. I have been that. I have been construction uh, at you know as a primary for a long time, and then pretty much in the past year, Tyler and I decided that we were going to make a big push to um, try to do this as full time as we possibly can. Which you can never. Full time is a funny thing to talk about because you can never really do anything full time because you also have a lot of other stuff, you know, but at least right now, you know, uh, I guess um, trying to pursue our dreams is kind of the priority right now of uh, not trying to be Internet stars or millionaires, but finding a way to make a meager living and get to hunt as much as we can. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Tyler does a lot of uh, wedding videography and is trying to get away from it as fast as possible, but he won't tell you, but he is a rock star. Uh, Oh yeah. He he loves to rock and roll, wear skinny jeans and just go crazy. Right. So, you know what they call guys that come back from 
<laughs> foreign places in the world and they're in the army they call them veterans you're a veteran <laughs> that's what I am. i'm a veteran uh, yeah veteran <laughs> by the way i'm gonna try to line these horns up in my head the whole time during this <laughs> it looks great <laughs> i'm working on, i've been working on it i'm not sure casey's a shooter or not but i'd shoot tyler yeah you need to work on your brows Get the, get the brow game up. One of them scrub three year olds out there it needs taken out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> from got good G twos though. I'll just do. Yeah. I'll do this from time. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now I missed my. I got my. Uh, missed sorry. <laughs> there you go. Well, like I said, we wanted to have you guys on just because you've been incredibly successful the last few years. We've been following you. Um, I listen to your guys' podcast. Love the YouTube. Um, sh- uh, props to you guys for kind of being semi live during season that has to be hella hard hunting and putting stuff out at the same time that shit's tough we know how that is even trying to podcast and hunt it's just you know there's only so much time and so many days to get stuff going so mm-hmm. i know there's probably a lot of late nights editing and trying to get shit up when you're back at the truck or whatever so props to you man for for doing that well, we have kind of a little system. Tyler is the, really the master editor when it comes to videos. He does most of our video editing. And uh, I do quite a bit of the podcast editing, which is quite a bit easier, really. But uh, most of the time, I'm on dinner duty, and Tyler is dropping footage and doing all that stuff. So yeah. we kind of have a system worked out there. And, uh, you know, like, I think, and y'all, I'm sure, could talk about this a lot. But um to have a good hunting partner, not just a buddy, but a hunting partner, you got to get that kind of stuff worked out and understand, you know, and I know not everybody's going to do footage and stuff, but you have to be able to work together. And, you know, that's, we do that pretty good. You know, not yeah. that there's not, you know, times that we have to talk things out from time to time, but you know, we, we do a pretty good job of not trying to say we do a good job, but you get what I'm saying. You know, it, we've yeah, found know yeah. yeah, we kind of did, we kind of started this not really knowing. And then we kind of, both took on our own roles without even yeah. each other asking, you know, I do most of the scheduling and like the talking to people and homie does all the editing and the computer work. And he's really, he's way, way more organized than me and way better at like, uh, keeping dates and knowing when shit happens. <laughs> I'm terrible at that, but I, I'm a little bit better at like talking, wheeling and dealing and, moving the sticks you know what i mean there like, you I'm, go. I'm a stick mover <laughs> you need exactly. a guy to throw a perfect bomb pass homie's your guy you need a guy to get three yards move the sticks that's what i'm talking about <laughs> i'll get in there and make it happen but if you want a guy that's you know precision he's your dude i'm in there with i well remember that i was i said most people go in there to tr- surgically remove them yeah i'm at the machete, machete stage right. that's all i say just lacking that's it dude that's awesome last year you guys came and uh you smashed one but it was so crazy i was like oh they're coming up they're coming up to illinois and then boom you had a dead buck i was like wow that was quick (laughs) i was like i was like is that a kill from like you know a couple weeks ago or something and then (laughs) illinois stud i was like damn yeah (laughs) i I, you know we we had fallen along with jake and you guys had come up and kind of and uh kind of hung some cams and then went in there and killed. But um, I want to talk about this, whether a guy's traveling out of state, a guy's looking at a new piece of public, what are you guys looking at those key features, you know, coming in here in October, where if you're going to make a move on a property, what, what are some key features that you guys are looking for on those maps? Um, 
Man, there's a lot of things. So um, I guess starting out, I was going to talk about how I, I do it. And KC did a lot of scouting this summer, and I did a lot of editing. Um, and so I, like, set set myself up to where, like, a lot of re- movie or videos are releasing right now. And so I have time to scout now for some of the tags that I've drawn and uh, some of the different things that I'm going to be doing this year um, that, like, we don't both have tags for or whatever. So – uh, I've been doing that the last couple of nights, like real intensively. And um, I'm, I kind of like, I have to pay attention to what I'm doing sometimes if I want to talk about this stuff, because if not, like I'll get into a spot where KC has to remind me how I actually do this because I just like, I'm just in the zone scouting. I'm not thinking about the process and how I'm doing it at this point, you know, but like, I guess a long way to say when I start out, like the first thing I've been doing lately is I get pretty far out and I look for irregularities a lot of times like out west especially um you'll have um like it could be plains type stuff and you'll have just a lot of short grass prairie or whatever and so like you've got to be able to like find something that would draw deer and that could be like a landmark tree or a water tank or something like that uh but like zooming out helps you see these irregularities in these big swaths like that or in like you know, if you're in like big river bottom country or something like that, and it's just flat, we got a lot of that even here where it's just fairly flat, lots of the same type of trees, small cedar elms or willows or whatever it may be. And, you know, you, you really are going to have a hard time finding the trail as a bow hunter that you need to be on. A rifle hunter is a little bit different, you know, but as a bow hunter, um, you gotta, you gotta be 30 yards, right? You guys were talking about it maybe off air earlier where you're just like, you feel like you're always 20 yards off, you know? It's like with a gun, that's no big deal, right? But uh, with a bow, it's different. So you really got to focus down and find like why, like, okay, I'm seeing trails throughout this stuff in this river bottom or whatever. Why are they going to be on this trail and not that trail? And the way to do that a lot of times is zoom out. It's not to see which trail is necessarily heavier or whatever, but it's to zoom out and see how does the lay of the land, like topo lines or the river system or whatever it is, make deer go this way. Why would they want to do that? Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm all about exactly what you're saying. You know, you find that anomaly that is going to attract deer. And another thing I like to think about is what the, what is the most limited resource? So um, for instance, a lot of that country, especially in Eastern Illinois that we've been up in, um, I mean, big cover is pretty limited, you know, especially during deer season. I mean, once the corn, when the corn's in, there's a bunch of cover, cover, but in whenever, to take the corn out and it's it's fall you know that's just literally can you find a spot where there are some trees you know yeah. or uh you know we've been in some other states like a otc state that's fairly inexpensive and uh you know pressure is or you know seclusion is the limited resource you go out west limited resource might be something to eat you know you're trying to find something green in december so that's one of the things i'm i'm looking for when i'm looking at a map you know it's just like judge the area judge the uh the I guess the hunting culture uh, of that area, and then you know, kind of make some deductions from there as to like where can you find the highest concentration of deer? Because when you're going out of state, um, a a lot of times you got to drop your standards from not something you don't want to shoot, but be realistic about things, right? So you need to understand what you're going out there to shoot, and, and then you need to also uh, um, understand you only have five six you know on a good trip to make this happen so you you can't just kind of just man 
I can't do it. Some people can, but the whole idea of like doing an observation sit where you know you're not going to kill anything uh, during a hunting day just drives me crazy. You know, there's probably guys that are just yelling at the speakers right now because they do good with it. But man, I just, <laughs> the other day in Nebraska, we did an observation sit opening morning because we didn't really know. We just hadn't gathered enough info to actually feel like we were going in to make a move. And what happened? We sat on a hill and then saw two shooter bucks at like 200 yards away. And it's like, man, if I was just sitting in that tree right there, <laughs> I could shoot one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And to kind of add on to what you were saying about, you know, your standards being realistic, you know, like some hunts that you could go on, this is something to research ahead of time, but some hunts that you can go on, like it's an experience hunt more than it is a trophy buck hunt or whatever, you know? So like, for a lot of guys, if they were going to go out of state and go to Illinois, they would be expecting that they would probably see some big deer, right? But if you go out of state to, you know, Nebraska or South Dakota, you might go, okay, well, you know, a three-year-old's pretty good deer out there. There's not just a ton of trophies running around, whether that's the long rifle season or cold winters or whatever, you know, harsh conditions. But, like, just kind of got to do some research ahead of time. And if you or if you only really want to go out of state because you want to kill a big old monster buck, there's only a few states that you probably need to travel to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel like. the Just being able to hunt somewhere new, like Nebraska, is completely different than anything we could get our hands on around here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some pro- – we kind of gravitate to those more open prairie grass kind of properties anyways, it seems like. So I think we might do decent out there. We're kind of mm-hmm. used to that kind of scenario, yeah. but – it seems like, you know, every year you guys are, you know, finding deer and on deer with, you know, with doing, if you, if that's what you're doing, picking kind of a key feature, um, that's something that I don't think we've ever done. We look at maps really kind of detailed. I think we maybe need to scope out a little bit and kind of pick up something that's different. We're going to have opportunities to hunt stuff a little different than we ever have this year. Um, so a property that we've been on for six or seven years is going to be brand new because we've never had the opportunity to hunt it at, you know, a certain time. So um, definitely something that we need to be thinking about. Uh, when yeah. when you're going and doing these travel hunts, I know in Illinois you came and hang, hung cameras before. Did you do that in Nebraska or were you just going in there, raw dog, no info, like you said? Yeah, it was uh... – much more of a map scouting type hunt. Tyler had been in Nebraska the past two years. This is my first time going there, but we went to a, a different spot um, just because of some map scouting and, and trying to find a spot where uh, maybe the pressure would be lower. And uh, um, I don't know. We never we didn't get a great sample size, but you know we thought maybe the trophy quality could be a little lower. But you don't ever really know about that stuff unless you do a lot of ton of homework and stuff. But uh, I think that we approach those two hunts a lot different. Like the Nebraska hunt is really a, it's an adventure hunt. You know, it's an opportunity to get out and hunt deer. You have the whole a, state. Yeah, you have the I whole mean, state. The tag for sure. is for the whole state. So that's why I like yeah, That's cool. That's one thing about yeah. when you're map scouting, you've got everything you could possibly want to look at there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a, the state is, you know, pretty vast as far as like the ecology goes, you know. And so yeah. um, one thing, I had hunted the two years prior and hunted like a pretty good swath of the state throughout that and different, very different, you know, types of habitat. So we definitely focused on something that was quite a bit yeah. different. This and year. it was just um, one of those situations where, A, it's pretty far from home and we weren't going to 
I hate to say this, we were talking about this earlier, but we weren't producing content preseason about Nebraska stuff, you know. Yeah. We weren't doing Map Scout stuff on that like we were in other states. So uh, there wasn't really a reason for us to be in the state. And, you know, quite honestly, uh, gas in 2021 is a lot different than it was in 2020 or 2019. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's hard to drop a trail camera whenever you got to also drop $500 in gas. Mm-hmm. just to make a round trip you know <laughs> so uh i think that tyler talks about this a lot actually like um going and doing this map scout challenge stuff like we do on this this youtube series um it makes us good at this i'm not saying that we are good at it but it's almost like we have to be because we we just immerse ourselves in that so much right and mm-hmm. and you know truth be told we went to nebraska and pretty much struggled for five days until tyler shot a deer you know but at the same time um, if you get out and you see enough country and you put your boots on enough dirt, you finally, you, you just get a grasp of just what deer do, right? And y'all know this because y'all are hunters too and everybody knows that. And, you, and it's kind of common sense to know like the more time you spend in the woods, the more you're going to figure out about deer, right? And it's, you can really be specific about that when it comes to map scouting. And that's kind of how we approach the Nebraska stuff. If we didn't do the trail camp thing, you know, we just kind of, uh, we have kind of a, tedious system of how we label things on 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 x whenever we're going through and, and you know dropping pins and doing things and uh tyler and i kind of are on the same plan on that and we go up there and we have like spot a through z really to go check out and know what winds it's going to hunt good on and this and that <laughs> well we assume at least KZ's but, dropped yeah. like 2500 pins on oh on X, man so. <laughs> Dude, I, I love showing people like I'm, I always, my joke is like, hey, you want to see all my pins on X? Well, sure. And I pull it up and the whole country's red, you know, <laughs> white or whatever. You know? <laughs> this part looks good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, how, so that's how he, you know, like he, he's a little more uh, just like, you know, spray pretty much all over the map and just, you know, put dots all over it and then come back and start fine tuning it. And it's good because like when we go somewhere, and we struggle, which happens a lot. Um, we have like several spots that are already pinned as being good spots. And we've even kind of run into this deal where we're trying to figure out like in places that we hunt year to year, how can we mark certain parcels off as being not good? Cause we saw it, you know, we saw it in person and we went, Ooh, I mean, you can see the whole property from the road. Like there's no reason to be there or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, but like that's I mean, that's where like something like Nebraska would be different than what you guys do and and why maybe you guys look at things so much more detailed because you've got these small properties or whatever that you're hunting up there. You're hunting like a specific 190 or whatever y'all typically hunt up there. Generally hunting 190s. Um, and, you know, you're basically looking at, oh, man, like what tree is this dude going to come by on this property and what, what is he using off the property and this and that. And we're a little more looking at like, how can we kill a three-year-old on a property in this entire state? You know what I mean? So it's a little different for sure. So with you guys out in Nebraska, <clears throat> I was just going to say this earlier, but like Cody and I are more looking for land features when we're looking at a property, usually a property that we can hunt. And, um, you know, not just a general wide state like you guys were at the, you know, at day one of going on Nebraska trip. Um, what made you pick the general area to start with for your guys's, um, trip out to Nebraska? Hmm. Just a lot different area for one. Yeah. Different area than what he hunted in the past. And, uh, whenever you look at the map in, in a bigger, um, 
you know, higher field of view still, there's a lot of available opportunity. So you can actually be like, I have 80 spots, you know, within an hour's drive of this place that I can go, you know, and I think that that's one of the things I think about a lot when we go out of state hunting. Like you don't want to end up, well, I shouldn't say you don't want to. I don't want to end up going uh, to a state and hanging my hat. We did this on the way home, actually. Hang your hat on a particular property that looks so good on the map, and then you show up, and there's a dude parked on the upwind side of it, you know. You're a cat guy? Oh, my goodness. Uh, so. Long story, bro. Long story. All right, all right. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't want to end up um, just hanging your hat on one property and then being like, oh, gosh. Okay, so we've already got a hotel here. or We already set up camp, and there's nothing within a two-hour area, like radius, that I want to hunt besides this one place, you know? And – that place might have a booner on it and it can it has the habitat to hold it. But if there's a dude in there or the wind's not right or who knows, you know, maybe it's uh, supposed to be beans and it's, you know, sorghum this year or something like that, you know, and then you're just out of luck, Chuck. So that's pretty much how, you guess how we picked that area, right? And that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, you just got, we, you're not spot. tied to one property. You can go drive a half hour to another one. And, you know, that's kind of yeah. Cody and I like to, hopefully have you know two to four properties that we can bounce around on because lo and behold you know one's always on fire and the other one's kind of you know not on fire and uh then eventually the other one picks up and hopefully we can catch it and this year we're finally on the same page of what we're going to do and of what it's been the last two three years and hopefully we're going to strike and strike early all right Mm -hmm. i like it i like confidence kills yes yes (laughs) it's looking good right now if we can hunt right now (laughs) maybe some dead ass bucks but right we got we got a few more days so yeah yeah Yeah. they gotta hold true um when when you did come up to illinois i know a lot of people are you know talking about um thinking about trail cams right now and you did get end up getting pictures of the buck that you killed during the summer, didn't you? Up there, yeah. kind of in the same area that you killed him. Well, so actually, not really during the summer. Um, we had the deer that I shot actually didn't show up till probably uh, a week before. I think no, nah, maybe like two weeks before. I thought it was the fifteenth. Uh, yeah, maybe it was a week before then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he showed up on a cold front in mid October, um, and and it was not stuff at first. Um, but we had some, we had other shooters in there during the summer, including one that came in on me that was bigger than the one I shot that uh, got spooked. <laughs> <laughs> and not on camera. So. <laughs> not, not on camera. <laughs> the duo so, right there. Uh, good deal. Um, <laughs> nobody believes me. But anyway, he was really big. Uh, he had kind of a weak side, but his, his good side was real, real big. Um, and yeah, um, so I had, I had most of the deer on camera uh in the summer and then you know i guess somewhere during the cold fronts of october some of the ranges started changing a little bit so uh but i didn't even know like i i pulled that card when i got in there and i had looked at a couple that i had a screen on the camera and i looked at a couple of the pictures and i saw that big deer and that was it and i was like all right i'm out i'm going to get in a tree you know so grabbed grabbed the car got in a tree didn't know that big eight was in there that i shot and um but when he came in you know it was like no doubt if if this dude gives me a shot 
Yeah. 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 So I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but if, if there's some, there's a few things you could say about maybe someone that's hanging the trail cam on a new piece or hanging it out of state. That's something we've never done. We've never put a trail cam somewhere and be like, all right, I'll be back in six months. Like, <laughs> is there anything that you guys are doing like that, that is different than anybody else when you're leaving it out of state for that long time? Um, well, definitely there are some things we're doing, but they're probably a little bit out of the box as far as like hunting tactic. I think one of the main things is if you can find somebody local to pick that thing up for you and send it back to you, that's huge. Yeah. We yeah. do that a lot, you know, and that's not really like, you know, talking about deer as much, but man, you talk about a big help, you know, like we even, well, you know, you do something, you know, send them a gift card or whatever, you know, to kind of make it worth their while or share information with them or whatever. But, you know, having somebody local that can just help you out with stuff like that is is a big deal. As far as the, you know, actual hanging of the camera goes, man, it's pretty tough because I think everybody knows hang them high and, you know, point them north and this and that, you know. I mean, and one of the things that we run into sometimes is that you'll hang a camera, especially the further northern latitudes. You know, you go up there, hang a camera in June. Well, it's down here. Everything's done growing by July and turning brown. But up there where y'all are at, you know, grasses or weeds are still growing tall. So you end up having weeds and stuff grow up into the camera that you, you know, maybe have didn't have to consider before. So mm. stuff like that, just making sure you're hanging your camera in a spot that's going to be um, – you know, not, not gonna dang cats. <laughs> That's gonna be you know a, a spot where you don't have the interference or whatever. And then after well, we, that, we did get that camera stolen, by the way. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. So like, I think what you run into is uh, about mid October, dudes start getting interested in hunting again. And you know, if you don't have your cameras pulled by then, there's a chance it's gonna get stolen. But before that, man, the summertime stuff, like people are just not in there hardly, you know. It's just no, we've it's yeah, too we noticed that too. Late season, it seems like late season people get in there. I don't know if they're shed hunting or what. We lose most of ours that late like, sure. okay, we're gonna let this thing soak. We're gonna pick it up in March, like just mm-hmm. to see what deer made it. Things gone. All <laughs> of them are gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of them are like so far away and just a place that you there's no tree you could even hunt there. We're just setting up, you know, just to catch like a weird pinch point or something gone. You're like, why is anybody even back here? This is so far away. <laughs> I was just <laughs> half a day to get here. I know. Now. I was just thinking if Casey sent me a gift card to go get that camera for him that we left out there, like, man, it yeah, would have it to, be, to a be a hell of a gift card. It has to be a hundred dollars. It has to be a hundred dollars Texas Roadhouse gift card. Yeah, <laughs> no <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, dude, we, they give those out for free here, you know, because yeah. it's expensive. So we can send y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only thing we got up here. You're right. That's worth it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's. It, it it's like i'm about to waste half a day to go get this one camera and homie went back there he's like it's gone i'm like oh yeah. sweet yeah. <laughs> terrible one of the really. things I, I would say that you consider whenever you're hanging an out-of-state camera is what what data are you trying to get together mm. you know a lot of times we're hanging cameras in the summer uh like when we do the map scout challenge stuff we're not really hanging them in a spot we're actually going to hunt uh Sometimes we're hanging in a spot where we are in an area we plan to possibly go back and hunt. But just in general, like if you hang a camera on the edge of a bean field, but there's no early season, you're not actually going to hunt there. You're just trying to get big bucks on camera, which um, is cool, you know. And, and if you do a little map scouting or you do some stomping around, you can figure out where to head back and find them. But um, I think about 
like for instance, there's some states that we're really going to target like that late October stuff where, where, you know, deer are starting to scrape and you're hunting cold fronts and that. So we're going to really do our best to find the biggest, baddest scrape in the area, hang a camera there in, in late summer and hope that the battery runs for quite a while and we have some really good information so we can go in there and target a deer. Then there's other states where we're going to go and hang a camera in a rut funnel because we just want to know what's going on. And that might be a sucker camera or that might be a, a place, you know, we show up on November 10th after we've hopefully tagged out in a different state and uh, just see what how hot it has been, you know, and, and go from there. And then, then again, you can go hang stuff to try. I mean, you could hang cameras for Nebraska. And we actually hung a, a, a Moultrie cell camera while we were up there this year and uh, didn't get much of anything because the deer don't really move very far this time of year, you know. So mm-hmm. it's uh, unless you have just the perfect place to hang a camera, it's it's kind of tough. And that might be another reason why I'd say we didn't really use much trail cameras, you know, when, for this past Nebraska hunt because – you know, uh, the deer just don't move around a whole bunch like they do, you know, of course, November 7th, you know, yeah. it's a good yeah. time to get some trail camera pictures. I really like the, you know, finding someone that you could send some trail cams to and, and have them collect that for you. That's something that I haven't thought about doing that. Yeah. I mean, you make enough friends on, if you're on a Facebook group or something, be like, Hey man, I'm thinking about coming here next year. I'm going to send you three cams. If you trust the guy good enough, you know, yeah. if he could collect that SD card and even if you said hey I'm going to send you three $60 cameras you can keep the cameras just send me the data on the SD card I mean that would be yes. huge if you plan on going there the next year you know totally worth it you know if you're if yeah, yeah we're we going somewhere. done that we did that this year uh, up in Pennsylvania you know we had a we had a guy went and pulled it for us kind of out of his way a little bit it was like and keep the camera, you know, and you can look at all the pictures and whatever else. Just send us the SD card. So yeah, that's huge. Yeah, yeah that's saves you gas money, time, and everything else. You know. Yeah, and I think it'd be so cool just to be able to pull all that data from different states. And like you said, once you hunt stuff enough, you're gonna be like, well, this deer did the same thing in this scenario two years ago, and this same kind of setup. Let's try that, but being able to see the deer in Nebraska working while the deer in Illinois are working and the deer in Texas are working, you know, all on a card together and try to, you know, well, this day was really good in three different States. What was going on? You know, I think that would be really cool to to piece all together. We've seen some stuff like that where you see a cold front, like slow moving front move through, you know, and you can see like the sixth was really hot. And then the seventh was really hot down here or whatever, you know, or for instance, last year, whenever you killed your deer, the cold front hit in Texas before it hit in Illinois. So I'm all down here like hot, you know, cause I actually wasn't there when Tyler killed that deer. I had to stay yeah. here. I was on babysitter duty still. And, um, so like I'm calling him at noon, like, dude, it's about to go down. It's about to happen. You I'm know, the wind's out of the it's still like 68 or something like that, you know, where you're at and it's already, you know, blowing 20 out of the North where I'm at, you know, and then two hours later it hits and then magic happens. Right. So <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Um, another thing I want to talk to you about, this is something that we have kind of a struggle with, you know, when you're out there on these different properties, you guys are jumping property to property. When are you guys deciding like, Hey, it's time to, to make a move on this. You know, 
I just feel like we get into a spot and we're like, man, this looks too good. We're going to waste another two days in here and see what happens. And I feel like we miss out on a lot of like, man, we should have been, we did that last year. We hunted the South public. I don't know how many times because it was looking good. We were seeing a few more deer, but we knew the North public is where we needed to be. So mm-hmm. how do you guys, you know, decide, all right, it's time to make a move. This is what we're going to do. Mm, out of desperation. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Um, it's tough. I think, you know, that is something that I don't know if any of us will ever figure out and every hunting season is going to be balancing that. Right. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of gut that plays into it. Yeah. You know? And there's also uh, the concept of like, you go to out of state that to a state that you're probably not going to return to, you know, and you have six days or you have a state that you travel to that, you know, you might make it back three different times because it's worth it. Or you have a state like your home state where, you know, you, you have to probably, um, you know, uh, kind of be a little cautious because you got the whole season there, you know? So what's the thing that we've been taught? I always forget it, but I said it here all back. Like, uh, knowledgeably aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Knowledgeably aggressive. That's all. That's kind of my take on when we go out of state is I want to make moves that are knowledgeably aggressive. So I don't ever want to go in and do something stupid and like hunt a spot, blow it out and never have had a chance to shoot any of the deer that were in there. But at the same time, like, I don't want to, you know, like just uh paddy whack outside of a spot for three days knowing I need to be in there so I can kill one. You know, that's kind of, um, so even on these hunts that Tyler and I aren't together on, we are always talking on the phone and, and scheming, you know, and I'm sure y'all do the same thing. And I think about the, the hunt I did last year where I killed my buck on public. That was way back. Uh, Tyler and I were talking all day long about what to do out there on that deal and uh, ended up never, you know, Side unseen, pretty much. I'd never been to this public property, but we had map scouted it quite a bit and uh, decided to push pretty far back, like about a mile, you know, on my tracker to get back into this spot and and killed, right? And I passed up a bunch of good sign on the way, um, but it was later in the month and there's a couple other factors that kind of made me think that I needed to be back there where I was headed. And I could have just kind of like, you know, hopscotch my way back in there over a couple of days, but who knows what would have happened with scent and all that, you know, you're going to these places where deer get hunted, you know, it's not a controlled environment where you're the only guy getting out there. If they smell you, you know, from 400 yards away, they might say, uh, you know what, tonight I'm going to range to this other side of my home range, you know? Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at shooting holes in the boat. And so like, I tend to, I think, like if, if I was to look at most of my days when I'm scheming, trying to figure out where I'm going to hunt that evening or whatever, like most of the time I'm like, oh man, I just can't, just can't hunt the spot I want to because of the wind or just, man, I just don't feel good about, it. I've got four options here and I've hunted three of them. This other one's the worst of them all. I don't feel good about any of this, you know? And, but like, there are times when I feel really good. Um, and I, I don't know what it is, but I tend to have good hunts when I do feel really good because I can shoot holes in the boat and say like, man, this all looks good, but there's this one thing that is just not going to make this a good spot. And so, but when my point is I'm not able, I'm not able to make a spot that I feel very good about every day. 
but when I do, it tends to be pretty good because I have, I've tried to eliminate any chance that, you know, a deer smells me or that they're going to go behind me on the trail or, you know, wrong trail 60 yards away or whatever. So like, I guess for me, like in in Nebraska, even uh, just recently, um, like I was ready to go and probably just tired, had a bad attitude too, but like ready to go pretty quick from where we started out. And we ended up staying there, you know, a little bit more than I wanted to, but, you know, KC got fed up with it. We moved, we killed, you know? And so um, you just got to kind of, you know, get fed up with it really is what it is. What <laughs> Like it, it just, it depends on your personality. Like he's more optimistic yeah. than me. So I'm it took him longer. To fault, man. I mean, but it, yeah. it's still, you know, like it could have been optimistic to where uh, he goes in a mile and kills a buck like he did last year, you know? So yeah. like there, there is, there is times that that pays off too. So I just think like, as far as knowing when to move, you just got to get fed up with it. And a lot of guys will go in and they'll set up a huge camp and make it real difficult on themselves and pull everything out of the truck and everything. And then, you know, nothing happens where they're at and they end up, they're just like, man, I don't want to, I'm tired. I don't want to move all this camp. You know, now I think that's one thing we do well is like, you should see the backseat of our truck when we travel. It is (laughs) a rage fest, dude, of just gear, just mounds of it. They're just everywhere just like throw everything in there and then, you know, get in and out with a bow somehow in the back. Yeah. Seat, you know? <laughs> and like, it's, it, that's what it is. And so like, we are always able to, to go an hour to the East or whatever, you know, when we need to. And we're, you know, willing to do it. Uh, this, when we were in Nebraska, the, we had some bad weather and different things that kind of, uh, we ended up having a lot of days where we had wasted hunt or, you know, wasted time where we didn't get to go in and do what we wanted to just because it was storming. You know, I'll go hunt in the rain a little bit. It's hard to film that way, but you find a way to make it happen. But whenever it's like lightning and blowing 40, it's pretty tough to go make something happen. So that was kind of my, like, hesitation to wanting to leave. But, you know, thinking back that, you know, packing up camp's a good point. Like, how many times did we pack up camp, go and try to make a move and go to somewhere else, and then end up coming back and setting up camp again in the same spot? I think it was twice, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Two different times we pulled camp. But, I mean, the last time we did it, it was literally like throw the tent out on a concrete slab in the campground, put air mattresses down, sleeping bags, and get in it. Oh, like yeah. Everything else stayed in the truck, you know. So it is like it's not the most fun thing to do at 11 p.m. at night, you know, when it gets dark at, you know, 9 in the early season. <laughs> you still are hungry. And you're starving, <laughs> you know. But, like, it, it's better than having to pull your whole camp cooking down and your water mm-hmm. hanging up in the tree over there and your clothes drying on the other bush, you know, and all this other stuff. So something that we – try to do so that we are able to move a lot and um yeah i think just you know to me like if you have a lot of public around if you end up going to somewhere we got a lot of public or whatever you got several private options in the area like i mean there's no reason not to be willing to move if deer are not you know like if deer if you're not seeing deer like just don't stay there very long you know i mean maybe give it another shot but there's there's deer moving other places and and frankly like it may not be that that property's bad. It may be that you just don't hunt it the right way. And yeah. that's just your personality. So go somewhere else and give it a try. Maybe that property sets up well to hunt with your personality, you know? I think that's a smart move. When you get tired of something, you know, we were talking to Heath Cisco and he was like, man, after three or four days, I just got to take a break. You know, he's a little older and I feel like that's the way I would be. Once you're in a place for two, three, four days, shit ain't going right it's time to make a move whether the deer are there or not just because you need that boost of all right we're doing something different 
we're trying something new here to flip the switch. And we did that last year. We were kind of, the wind was bad and we were kind of like, okay, we're going to do an observation set. And then walking in, I was like, you know what, let's just go all in, let's just screw it. And then that's when we ended up encountering, you know, Mm -hmm. just flipping it up, doing something that we weren't really planning on doing, but we're just like, all right, let's just go do this instead of playing it safe. I hunted on good private for so long. My mentality of playing it safe is, is hurting me the last you know, three years on public land is just killing me, but it's getting better every year. But I like that, you know, being knowledgeably aggressive. I feel like that's what we do most of the time. Yeah. Like we got to have some intel before we're like, we're going, we're going, you know, there's a few days where we're like, okay, we're going to try it. But most of the time we're like, all right, we need some solid details about going in there and and doing something radical. But we've missed I'm not the sit all day type. Like, so that kind of like my personality, if you know that about me, kind of plays into like, I also like, I don't, I don't want to go hunt pronghorn antelope and try to figure them out the whole time. I want to be stalking them. You know what I mean? Like I'm not like super high energy and I'm not like super, uh, like low attention span or anything, but like, I, if I don't, that like, that just kind of shows you, like, if I don't see deer on a property, if I can't see them or see them doing things, um, or have them coming by me or see like really fresh sign. And I sit there a couple of times, um, then, or if I don't have a trail camera in there, showing me something then I'm probably not spending much more time there. Mm-hmm. I know watching your guys' series, you move a lot, do a lot of hanging, hunt, moving around. I think I was watching the West Texas one last year and you were all over the place on that or where we were. You got, were you at, in West Texas or where were you at in Texas? Good question. It really is. We yeah. were, we, we had it all over Texas last year. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, can't remember. No, that's it's a, all one state to me. I know the East and the West is a lot different, but it's all yeah. one state for a guy in Illinois. I'm like, all right, they're in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Well, really the way we do stuff now is just like, if you just submit to the idea that you're going to break down every time, it's, it ends yeah. up not being that big of a deal because it just yeah. becomes part of your system. That's how we do it. Yeah, and because it's because that's what you think your system sets up to be something that's easier to break down. To. Yeah. So like, you know, we just we literally we hang a set ninety five percent of the time. Probably. Oh yeah. Like I mean, there are just a few places we have some some private stuff in Kansas that we get to like sometimes like if I. What I end up doing a lot is in the evening, it's getting darker, especially when I can see good. Like if I have to be locked in and I'm not looking at my phone, but I'll start looking at weather and going, okay, what am I going to do tomorrow morning? Because if I can leave my stand here, that would be awesome. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, if I can, we do that then, a lot too. You know, yeah. yeah. So like yeah. I, I try to, you know, I'm not trying to make, I'm not trying to make my, keep the stand there, but if it's a good spot, and yeah. the weather sets up again good for it, then, you know, that's what I'll do. But I... Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of times if we have, like, a better weather day coming tomorrow or something, we're going to make that move the day before. And that evening hunt is going to be for the following day. Because mm-hmm. for someone to go in in the morning and hunt deer and get set up quietly and get on deer, that's super challenging me. Mm-hmm. We, I mean both of our encounters with our giants and the giant I killed was mornings going in and setting up, but it, there's just so many things you're setting up in the dark. You got your flashlight on and off. You met, you ting a stick. 
when you go in there and set up at noon, you can see, you can even picking a tree in the dark's hard. Like, oh, okay, yeah. this is kind of the tree I want to be in, but that tree over there looks kind of good. Like there's a lot to it. And then you get set up and your shooting lanes are probably not what you thought they were on the ground in the morning. That's one of the hardest things about, you know, hanging hunting in a different spot is you get up there. You're like, man, I got to hang 12 foot high because I can't shoot anything, you know, higher than that. You know, we kind of have somewhat of a rule nowadays that we do our best to not hang and hunt in the morning in a place we've never been. Because it's exactly what you're talking about. Whether we've scouted it, because that's one of the things we do when we scout. We walk around and we pick the tree that we think will be the best thing to hang in for that specific tree. That way we know which tree to go in and do that on, you know? So uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And the only way, there's no foolproof way, but like if you force yourself to do the end of dark thing quite a bit, sooner or later you get a little bit better at it. I can think that like 2018, we were trying to do some more setups and stuff. And dude, it just sounds like a mechanic shop. You know, it's like, Hanging. and yeah. sooner or later you, you get a little bit better at it but still you know it's just it's yeah. it's it's loud just like what you're saying you know and, and the other thing about you know having a midday set up is at least a lot of places we hunt you got wind cover too yeah you know? yeah so it's time yeah time too man like i've killed out of the last six deer i've killed i've killed five of them in on evening hanging hunt setups so yeah. i just that's it's just you can go in at 1 p.m. Take your time, walk way in, mm-hmm. and set up slow. You can see when your strap's about to hit your step. <laughs> you know, keep it from doing that, and you can see the tree and the lanes and everything. So mm-hmm. I, I like them better. Um, plus, and we think about this differently, but I also have this theory or thought, I guess, that like as an evening goes on, it gets better and better. And so, like, I get real impatient in the mornings where I think that like, yeah. Uh, 715 I'm like okay this is it's over I'm going home yeah. I, I gotta go edit something you know I wish I had that I wish I was how you are but I have I don't know anxiety or something in the evenings where it's like oh my gosh there's only 10 it's minutes left. there's only 10 minutes left for him to come out it's not gonna happen you know whereas yeah. in the morning I'm like oh he, he, he's got all day to come out here you know like, <laughs> so I that's I guess that's kind of how we're opposite that and I guess you know this is a good uh I guess a good reason to go and do an early season hunt like we did because we got a lot of the kinks ironed out in our systems in yeah. September. Yeah. You know, yeah, you don't want to nice. do that stuff, you know, whenever there is a 190 in the wood block, you know, you, you yeah. kind of would like to go and do that stuff when you're trying to shoot a, you know, a glorified antelope, you know, or whatever, <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah. you know, um, it, it's, it's nice to go and just get all that stuff ironed out. Um, in you know in the dark or in the daylight or whatever yeah that's definitely a challenge to to make a plan especially we do a lot of two guys one tree and Mm -hmm. filming and it's just so much shit and if you're in a small tree it's there's just way too much going on that and everybody you're you're naturally groggier in the morning at least i am but Mm -hmm. like you said in the daylight you can see you could scout on the way in it's just way more convenient so we do a lot of well, let's make a move. This spot was not as good as we thought it was going to be. The weather's better for tomorrow, so let's set up for tomorrow morning. And you kind of you're trying to pick a spot where it might be decent in the evening, but you know it's going to be good in the morning. But hmm. well, yeah. uh, just while you're on here, go ahead and let our listeners know where they can find all your guys' video content and your podcast. Um, like I said, I've followed your guys' podcast for a couple years, and I love your guys' video content. 
Thanks, I know, man. like I said, another shout out to you guys for doing it like semi live like that. That is, we did that last year with podcast and it almost killed us. So <laughs> I couldn't imagine you guys doing it all the time. So, but yeah, yeah. let them know what, what you got going on. Yeah, absolutely. And, th- and again, man, thanks for letting us get on here. Yeah. I, I uh, always um, think about y'all a lot because you were like one of the first guys that ever flagged me down and said, hey, you're one of those element guys. We are at ATA <laughs> yeah. in 2018, 19, whatever 18, it was. 19. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, wait, people watch our videos? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And we talked about, you know, that uh, public land film we did. But anyways, yeah, uh, yeah so – the uh, the Element Wild at the Element Wild is is where you can find us on social stuff. Uh, the Element was already taken, you know, of course. Some skaters have to yeah. mess things up. But, uh, <laughs> the Element Wild is where you can you know check us out on Facebook and uh, Insta and stuff. And then, yeah, and then Element um, on YouTube. Yeah, if you see a big deer in the photo, that's the right one. Um, I wanted to ask you guys what you guys are excited about this year. What you got going on, man? I hadn't we hadn't got to talk much lately. Uh, we got information about a property that we've wanted to do something on for uh, since I've been hunting it, and I don't want to put any eggs in the basket, but it should be it should be the best year of hunting we've ever had. Wow! In our, yeah, that's what I'm saying right now. Mm-mm. let's go <laughs> yeah i'm good i'm jacked for early season because we set one property up we we've been hunting about three or four years yeah uh and we put the pieces together on it we know what we need to do early last year we were this close and now we're you know the deer uh we're running all mobile cams on it they're hitting the food plots we're not going in there i'm getting 200 plus blanks from one one bush that grew up when we and I will not go in and cut that bush down because I do not want to bump these deer. I'm just like, all right, I'm dealing with 200 blanks a day. I got 15 more days to season. Yeah. Like, the batteries yeah. are going to hold. I'm rolling the dice on this. Like I'm not going in there, but yeah, that's what I'm excited. Just uh, new gear, better gear and more, more property, new lease. Um, What's homie going to shoot? Uh, I don't know. We got a, gonna we got a, a real, couple. He's going to shoot a really solid eight-pointer the third day of season. I'm yeah. hoping that's, that's what I'm going Yep, yeah. yep. Uh, I got that one with my name on it. Um, but what I'm excited for this year is, you know, just like Cody was saying, we got some new information here. But uh, probably below that is actually just like the property Cody was talking about. Um, historically, it's been really good in October. Uh, and we've got a couple other pockets of timber on a couple different pieces of public land that uh, we ran cams and we let them soak all year. We did the all-year experiment, uh, per se, with them. And uh, we got a couple spots that we feel like late October, um, on a cold front, we can slip into and have really good luck there. So um, excited to use last year's intel to set up this year's success. And I think this year... Um, we're going to be more prepared for those scenarios because we did the work and the study and all that last year. Dude, that's yeah. awesome, man. Sweet, dude. Yeah, we I, got uh, more, more daylight bucks on cam <clears throat> last year than we ever have in our whole entire hunting career. Good. So it's good, man. Just not being able to hunt them and <clears throat> you get that intel too late. Now we got mobile cams everywhere. 
Yeah. <laughs> dude, I, yeah, it's so nice, dude. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I hate to be that guy and I don't I try not to do it very often, but like when dudes are sending me pictures of nighttime bucks and yeah. they're like, Man, what do you think I should do? I'm like find another property probably. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, we just uh, released a podcast about that. Like if you wanna hunt a buck that's nocturnal, you really gotta decide is this buck worth not killing a deer not killing yeah. a buck like sure because you're yeah. you're hunting something that's really really hard to kill yeah if, if it's between if it's between this time and this time probably not gonna happen bud <laughs> yeah uh, Dude, i i have came very close to using that setting of like uh not taking nighttime pictures on trail cameras like yeah. i thought about it and thought about it because they just they're really just an illusion you know they're not real mm-hmm. But it's still valuable information for knowing, like, what animals exist in the area so you have that year-to-year data. But, you know, outside of that, like, I think in the hunting season, if you only – like, you just took those off the SD card right away and stuck them on a hard drive somewhere else, you know, then you probably would be better off. But it's yeah, – Yeah, you look hard. at what you got and you can actually hunt. Like, I feel like we've seen it multiple times where guys hunt a giant, same giant we're hunting, and he's a mile and a half away hunting this deer – yeah. I'm going to be putting him in my truck this year. Words that come <laughs> out, you know, he said, and you're just like, dude, there is not a chance in hell that you even see that deer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, dude. I'm not going to tell you, but there is literally no chance, unless he's on a hot dough doing some random bullshit, you are not seeing this deer. A yeah. deer is a figment of your imagination, pretty much. Well, anything but, can happen from the 5th to the 15th. You know, you can kind of just <laughs> say yeah, what that yeah. Is, but. Yeah, uh, you know, for the most part, it's exactly right. I got a question: Why, in the world of Whitetail Partners, is there one scraggly, ugly guy, and then one clean cut, like <laughs> just, you know, smooth? It's dude. all. It's all. Why is, that, why, why is that how it goes, man? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Most of the time, my beard's like six inches longer, and I I've been cutting my hair. Yeah, short. Cody's actually clean cut. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting older. That's clean I cut for Cody. Long hair and. Shit's what's wearing on me. I'm like, I gotta get this shit off. Me. I got. <laughs> I, I gotta so be more crazy. aerodynamic the older I get. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. My beard, the older I get, the curlier the hair gets. So it just goes poof out to the yeah. side. You know, it's almost yeah. just. Uh, I got pretty much almost a like I'm making a gray now. going right here. I'm like, well, it's time. Just let her all go, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The accent. Just keep it going, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the offset I, beanie, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just it's a, I, it's a statement. You know what I'm looking forward to is uh, some more of those TikTok uh, videos that you and Homie do. Yeah, one thing we're good at. Comedy. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, we're decent at coming up with dumbass ideas. That's about it. <laughs> Dude, hey, that, that gets weird. you a long ways. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if y'all watch Dude Perfect much, but man, yeah. Yeah. what they do is dumb and it is awesome. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's something that we're decent at. We uh, we're really good at coming up by with ideas and making them happen. It's like it's cool. just you know, putting keep keep grinding, keep putting the time in, and we'll move the sticks like I like to do. It's it's that's moving it. three yards in a cloud of that's dust, it, man. Dude. Yeah. yeah. That's why Four down, so three yards gets you somewhere. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you coming on with us and spending some time with us tonight. Yeah, thanks Absolutely, for having us. Dudes. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode from the Element guys, Casey and Tyler. If you guys aren't following them at the Element Wild, um, 
these guys are killing deer all over the place, man. If you're living in Nebraska, you live down south, Midwest, um, they have great content that you can absorb from everywhere. I, I love their YouTube. Their podcast is also really good. They give a lot of updates during season, what they got going on. And they talk to some really cool people, you know, in before season and, and you know, the off season there. But um, give them guys some love. For us, if you guys did enjoy this episode, you could leave us a review. That'd be awesome on iTunes. If you are listening on iTunes, um, leave us a leave us a review of what you what you think it's worth and uh, type something down there below. But my favorite review to this day is one star. These guys know nothing about the jet whitetail hunting. <laughs> Most, the best review we've ever received. But uh, um, like always, we love you guys. We appreciate everything you guys do for us. Um, always try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy, and whitetail legacy is out.